I'm Phil Brinkmeyer. This is Beth Brinkmeyer, and you'll hear more from us. Um, but I can point to a moment in time which directed the course of my life. It was in 1972 that both my parents found new life in Christ, and they were freed from weekends of dance halls and alcohol. They attended a gospel-rich church, and uh, they studied the word. They walked with fellow believers. They testified to friends and families of Christ's love for them and their deliverance from bondage. Proverbs 22.6 says, It held true in my life that if you train up a child in the way he should go, even when he is old, he will not depart from it. And after being exposed to my parents' life change and the joy they had deeply embedded in their heart, I found a seed was planted in my parents' religion and it was being watered. But it wasn't until I attended a neighborhood vacation Bible school while I was in the first grade and my sister, my model and, and uh, my role model, my best friend, accepted Christ. When I heard her joy as she shared her personal experience of faith with our mom, I wanted the same joy that she had expressed. That very next day, I asked my VBS teacher about accepting Christ, and she led me through the sinner's prayer. I still remember the room, and I remember the commitment I had made. Many times throughout my early childhood, I remember leaning on the Lord in ways that may be uncommon to most, things for like praying for healing of debilitating migraines, or even sick pets. But it was in the sixth and seventh grade when my childlike faith was truly tested and my world changed forever. Although Christians, my parents divorced during my sixth grade year and it shredded my life as I knew it. I struggled to reconcile what I heard in church knowing God's will, his good and perfect will, was for families to remain together. Through these desperate times, the Lord was a constant source and presence in my life. We continued to attend church I entered a shell of shyness, that and I became deeply introverted, which would take me years to overcome. I grew up in a small town in Illinois. We faithfully attended church every Sunday where I learned about the goodness of God and my need for a Savior. From the outside, our family looked perfect. Often, others in church would comment about how we were the perfect family. I learned at a young age to present myself and our family as picture-perfect. The weight of constantly keeping up the appearance of perfection was difficult as we hid my mother's battle with severe depression. I was taught to lie and to cover it up at all costs. I don't remember the exact day I accepted Christ as my savior. However, I believe I trusted him at a, at a young age. Although I believed in Jesus and believed he died for my sins and that I needed his gift of grace, I didn't have a relationship with him. I prayed when I was worried or I needed something from him, but I lacked so much more that he offered and wanted for me. I searched for who I was through my teenage and young adult years. I knew who he was, but wasn't experiencing the authentic relationship with him. So in my first year of junior college, I experienced a miraculous healing of a leg injury, and the Lord used this as a catalyst to change the course of my life. I recommitted my life to the Lord and my demeanor changed as the shell of shyness began cracking and this introvert became an enthused and involved leader of the youth. Uh, knowing he had more for me, I wanted him to know that the trust that I placed in him as a child was alive and well in me as a man. Through a series of events, the Lord led me to Bible college and it was one night that I actually shared the story of my parents' divorce and the burden and guilt that I had carried since the sixth grade. I recounted the nightly prayers I prayed for my parents' reconciliation, and that night I laid the hurt and the pain of my parents' recon uh, the hurt and the pain and their choices at the Lord's feet. I felt a release and the joy entered my life knowing I didn't have the responsibility of my parents' decisions. 
And it was only a few months later that my parents remarried one another. It was during these years I met and married my college sweetheart. Though we were both believers, we were not committed to a church, and as she struggled with the memories of living through past childhood sexual abuse, as well as being involved in an extramarital affair. And along with my pride, we were divorced after five years of marriage. Just as I did for my parents' marriage, for the next decade, I prayed for reconciliation with my ex-wife. I knew the Lord worked miracles as he did with my parents when my parents reconciled with one another after 12 years apart. But I struggled with the pain and the guilt of my own failed marriage. I stepped away from my pastoral friends for fear of judgment, and I attended various churches without a firm commitment. I knew marriage is a covenant, and it is the example of how Christ loved the church, and reconciliation is God's best. We did try and reconcile our marriage two or three times during that decade. Uh, each time we moved forward, she would retreat without warning or any further communication. I'll tell you, going through the hope and loss each time hurt. Looking back, the best opportunity to save my marriage would have been for both of us to be invested in a local body of believers surrounded by biblical community, praying and counseling us towards godly reconciliation. After she remarried, she did reach out and apologize for the pain caused, so I forgave as Christ forgave me. Even so, those early years were the darkest times in my adult life. Psalms 55 says this, my heart is in anguish with me, within me. The terror of death has fallen upon me. Fear and trembling come upon me, and horror overwhelms me. And I say, oh, that I had wings like a duff. I would fly away and be at rest. Yes, I would wander far away. I would lodge in the wilderness, Selah. I would hurry to find shelter from the raging wind and the tempest. Coming from the Gulf Coast, I described it as a hurricane buffeting all around me, and although I could feel the storm and the absolute chaos of life battering me, I felt peace in the eye of the storm as I looked to Christ for strength and direction. Psalms 55 says, cast your burdens on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. When I was 25 years old, I was lost and searching for purpose and meaning in life. I was lacking in authentic friendships that went beyond surface level struggling with the sin of pride, and I was hurting from the void of Jesus in my life. I clearly felt his urge to go on a mission trip to Romania. It was completely out of my comfort zone as I was a painfully shy introvert. I went anyway, and in a small gypsy village in the middle of a church service, he met me exactly where I was. I was humbled and overwhelmed for my need of a relationship with Christ. I repented, surrendered, and committed my life to him, and then I began a new life with him and totally fell in love with him. Upon returning from that trip, my life radically changed. Shortly after the mission trip, I quit my, my corporate job. My friends at work literally held an intervention in the basement of our office, <laughs> and they said things like, well, we know you're a Christian, but aren't you taking this too far? We're gonna be making a ton of money. You're gonna miss out if you leave. We're worried about you. I left anyway. I took a salary that barely paid my bills and I had never felt more free. I began leading mission trips around the world and started a job in Christian radio. I began public speaking and walking as close as ever with Jesus. Christ radically changed me from an introvert to an extrovert and gave me a career and passion in something I feared the most, speaking in front of others. Y'all, this is crazy because when I was growing up, my teachers, I had several teachers that told my parents they thought I was mute. 
because I was so quiet and introverted. And so uh, it just proves that the Lord has an amazing sense of humor, and I loved him even more for it. She's not mute. (laughs) (laughs) My relationship with Christ grew as I didn't date for over a year, and I focused only on him. I was poured into by other believers and spiritually grew exponentially. Although my relationship with Christ was growing during that time, my relationship with my mother was strained. I struggled with my own pride, lack of forgiveness, and bitterness toward her. I was blind to the calling that I had to forgive others just as Jesus had forgiven me. I prayed constantly for the Lord's will in my life. And even though some of the words spoken over me at an early age, such as I will be a witness to the people around the globe, I struggled to find my place. I struggled to understand why my marriage had failed when I longed so much to have a wife and children. I find myself uh, beginning work at Buckner International, working with abused and neglected children. Through God's grace and his humor, I've ended up working in social services around the globe, giving hope and a future for the tired, the hurting, and the hopeless. It's been a huge and fun journey. Sometimes you uh, faithfully pray for a specific thing, like what I wanted in a perfect wife, only to realize that after all those prayers, the Lord blesses you with an answer that was far so much better than you could have ever imagined or even dreamed of. After 15 years of singleness, two picky and stubborn people met in an unlikely manner. They fell in love, and I married Beth. Uh, she's proved to be my prayers coming to fruition and one of the many blessings in my life. As I was leading mission trips overseas for Buckner International, I met Phil. We quickly began a long-distance relationship, and he swept me off my feet. We married one year later, and I officially became a Texan. I wasn't born here, but I got here as soon as I could. Although uh, my mother loved Phil, she was very angry at me for moving to Texas. My relationship with her became increasingly strained. Because my identity was not completely in Christ, I suffered an identity crisis after marriage. I put Phil on a pedestal and spun into this effort of trying to figure out who I was after moving away from my family, my friends, and my career. Phil, I would say to Phil, I just don't know where I belong. And he would say sweet things like, you belong in my heart. And I would say, that's great, but I need friends. And <laughs> um, But he lovingly pointed me back to Jesus and was supportive through my transition to married life in a new place. A year after we married, we went through one trial after the next. My, both of my grandparents died, we miscarried our first child, and I was completely crushed. Soon after, Phil's father passed away, and my mother became very ill. And then we struggled getting pregnant again. And then, to top it off on that year, our 16-year-old dog died at Christmas, and it was just one heartbreak after the next. During all of this, we, we lived out, and we learned Ecclesiastes 4.12. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. On New Year's Eve 2010, we forced ourselves to list things we were thankful for, even after a painful year of loss. I remember this so clearly. Uh, We were lying in bed and we were just like, this year stunk. And, but then we forced ourselves to say things we were thankful for and to pray. And so we listed the basics. We had a roof over our heads. We had gas in our vehicles. We had each other. It was a painful yet beautiful list as we clung to the blessings of his provisions during trials. In April 2013, my mother passed away after a long battle with organ failure. 
A few months before her death, the Lord blessed me with the ability to forgive her and to give him the bitterness I had carried for over 30 years. As I held her hand as she passed away into our Savior's arms, I was able to feel nothing but love for her. And it was an answer to prayer that I had prayed most of my life and one that I was not able to do without the power of Christ working through me. Although faith in Christ has been a constant in my life, and although I never wavered, it didn't mean I blossomed. Being a Christ follower since my early years has truly kept me on a straight directional path throughout my life. But that didn't stop me from having sins of pride and of stubbornness, for childish wants, uh, walking on the line or even over the line uh, of Christ's teachings. While dating over those 15 years, I not only pushed the limits, I went over them with some of the women I dated. Beth and I pushed the limits of physical boundaries, but we were careful not to go over. But sin is sin. Phil and I now have two young boys and continue to grow in our walk with Christ and with each other. I have learned the freedom of transparency, of being known by others in life, and no longer suffer from striving to appear perfect. In 2016, we attended re-engage and took our marriage from an eight to a nine. Whoop, 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 go re-engage. <laughs> I learned so much about my own struggles with sin and how my sins impact my husband. My struggle with pride and lack of acknowledging wrongdoing and apologizing thereafter is still an ongoing struggle for me. Phil teaches me patience and forgiveness in this area continually. As we navigate our way, through parenthood, we are faced with seasons that stretch us and build character. We also endure challenges with health and my diagnosis of a rare um, disease that impacts our life almost daily. Since we started dating, Phil has prayed with and for me out loud every evening, and this is such a gift. He is a gift, and he is God's provision for me from the Lord. Next March, we celebrate 13 years of marriage and look forward to a lifetime of oneness together. We're grateful for the Lord's mercy and grace, and even now, uh, grateful to love the Lord and seek him first in our relationship. I strive to be a godly model for our boys, but still can quickly anger, and I'm humbled when I must return to them and apologize. Ephesians 6, 4 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the dis discipline and the instruction of the Lord. Part of that is showing patience and personal acknowledgement of my fault when I don't parent them in a godly manner. And even with all those faults, I must say the main issue I have struggled with during my adult years is complacency. It is soothing to know the Lord uh, has wrapped his, I was been wrapped in the arms of the Lord and as I, as I, as I was when I was still a, a young child, but my lack of maturity in Christ hasn't led me to push outward to grow deeply in him. Placing what I know in my heart to be true and moving it into action by speaking the truth to others. I don't have a problem with demonstrating his love through actions, but I still have that shy spirit and that fear to not offend or go out on a ledge and proclaim the Lord's faithfulness. I realize it isn't enough, and over the past two years, I've been delving in deeper than ever. Uh, returning to memorization of scripture has been a fun and a personal challenge. Spending the first portion of my morning reading and studying scripture has been a compass directing me throughout my day. I still fall short, and I know I always will but it shouldn't be an excuse to not strive for Christ-likeness. 1 John 2.6, whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did.